welcome to the Nittany Blues Podcast. By Penn State fans, for Penn State fans. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Vince. What's up, Penn State fans, and welcome back to the Nittany Blues podcast, and a happy NFL Draft Week to all of you. If you're anything like Vince and I, you're excited for the NFL Draft this upcoming Thursday, waiting to see which players your team is going to take for this upcoming season. I know that we're both pumped to see where the Eagles are going to go in terms of uh, their position, whether they'll trade back, or any number of different situations. So we've obviously got a lot to talk about with that. Plenty of Penn State players on the NFL draft board for this upcoming round. Uh, We've also got some exciting news from basketball, wrestling, some more football news. So a lot to cover here. But Vince, are you pumped for the NFL draft? I am, man. I've been doing mock drafts on my phone all week. So I've been kind of doing like all the trading options and seeing where, you know, the Eagles can go and, Definitely having some Penn State homerism and trying to get as many of those guys on the Eagles as I can. So I'm really excited to see how it plays out the next three days. Who are some Penn State guys that you could see potentially going to the Eagles? A lot of really good options. Uh, you could potentially have Joey Porter Jr. Uh, you see Darius Slay and uh, you know James Bradbury both getting up in age, and you know they're the Eagles don't have a lot of depth at the cornerback position. So having a a guy that can fill right in, that would be, you know, a luxury. They also need a number three wide receiver. So Parker Washington or Mitchell Tinsley is a potential option. They did lose a lot of linemen uh, in free agency. So having Juice Scruggs uh, to back up in the interior line and with Jason Kelsey potentially retiring soon, uh, that would be a good fit. Uh, PJ Mustafer, maybe give them the defensive line some depth. Uh, Brenton Strange, you can never have enough tight ends. Jair Brown, uh, you, you know, because the Eagles, uh, you know, lost Chauncey Gardner Johnson in free agency. So really, a lot of Penn State guys that could contribute to, uh, you know, our Philadelphia Eagles. And if you're not an Eagles fan, we apologize. But uh, you know, if you are, we hope, uh, you know, hope we see some guys in blue and white on the, you know, for the birds. That's right, go birds. Uh, any names I missed that you think uh, could also help the Eagles? I think there's maybe a few. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the ones that I mostly had in mind. I think the ones that kind of made sense to me when it uh, when I reviewed the list um, really was uh, Brenton Strange actually kind of seemed like the most natural fit just because, you know, we don't have tremendous depth behind Dallas Goddard. Like we have some decent tight ends, but, you know, nobody who's like near the level of Dallas. So I could see Brenton Strange making a, a pretty good fit, but I agree with you that uh, Juice Scruggs um, might be a pretty good um, late round pickup for the Eagles uh, just because of the the interior line depth that the Eagles are going to need now that uh, guys like Isaac Sayamalu are no longer on the team. So um, yeah, I think you can make the case for a lot of different guys, but uh, yeah, like our homerism takes over and we can never have enough Penn State guys uh, in green and white. Yeah, and uh, there was some news that Sean Clifford, he met with both the uh, Green Bay Packers and he met with the Philadelphia Eagles. So, you know, maybe he'll be competing for that third string quarterback spot. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that would be kind of funny that, uh, you know, after all of the scrutiny and all the polarizing discussions around Sean Clifford and his time at Penn State, that he 
still remains in Pennsylvania as an NFL quarterback and, you know, just um, still clawing and fighting his way uh, to get some respect. Yeah. And I, I think one name that I might've missed, that's a good fit for the Eagles. Uh, the punter position. Uh, we don't talk about that too much. Maybe Barney Amore could give uh, Aaron Sipas some, uh, some competition because, you know, he started off pretty good, but then, you know, he had some pretty bad punts during the season as well. So, you know, maybe bringing Barney Amore in, probably not as a draft pick, but, you know, just joining as an undrafted free agent and letting him compete for the punting spot. Personally, I would take Barney Amore right now over Sipos. And uh, I mean, City of Love, Amore is his last name. Like, you, you can't yeah. beat it. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. So um, you want to go through the list of guys who are draft eligible from Penn State, maybe have some back and forth on where we think they'll go and uh, what their prospects look like? Yeah, let's do it. All right, man. Kick us off with uh, the obvious um, number one guy from Penn State. All right. I'll do. Uh, are we doing are we doing a draft? So I'll pick one. You pick one. And we'll go down our list of who, who we think will be the best player in the NFL. <laughs> sure. Sounds good. So I'll, I'll give you the first pick here, man. So um, it's a layup, but uh, go ahead and take him. All right. I'll, I'll do the little uh, in- intro music for us for this first one. With the first pick in the NFL draft, Vince Fidali selects Joey Porter Jr., Penn State University. Uh, So you have a lot of things to like about Joey Porter. Uh, Definitely has good length, uh, good athleticism. So he really matches up well with those bigger wide receivers that you're seeing. So I think he could match up well with an A.J. Brown uh, type of receiver. So he can really use his length to uh, press on guys in the line of scrimmage, a uh, good tackler. And really you didn't see opposing defenses or sorry, offenses throw the ball his way much. So that's just a testament that, Hey, they're afraid to throw to him. And we had Joey Porter Island and that opened up uh, opportunities for Kalen King to make some plays and, and other guys on the defense. So um, definitely the best prop, uh, you know, um, person has to be, uh, or his prospect has to be Joey Porter Jr. Yeah, 100% agreed. I mean, this is the clear and obvious pick for the best NFL ready player uh, from Penn State. I personally think that he has an argument for being the best cornerback in this draft. Um, I personally think that he's not going to go any later than 15th, but we'll see how the dominoes fall, you know, with trading back and stuff like that. But Jotted down some teams that I think uh, might make sense to see him go to, you know, really looking at the teams that are going to be looking for um, some young cornerback talent that's going to look to really explode and develop over the next two to three years. So here I have um, the Las Vegas, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Atlanta Falcons and the L.A. Chargers as some uh, potential picks. But I've also seen a lot of buzz around the Washington Commanders as well. So. Out of those four, do you think that one is more likely or did you have another team in mind? I think the Washington Commanders is the most likely likely landing spot for him. Um, typically, earlier in the draft, you see a lot of uh, pass rush. And this this draft does has, have a lot of good pass rushers. So I think that's the position you're going to see going off the board along with uh, a quarterback for those quarterbacking you need teams. So, But all in all, I, I think, you know, just with... Uh, teams might like a Christian Gonzalez or a Devin Witherspoon better um, out of Illinois. So just because of, you know, the scheme that they run, uh, Joey Porter Jr. might not fit 
like the Eagles scheme as well as he fits with like the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Washington Commanders. I do think those are the two most likely teams I see him going to. I think that's that's his most likely landing spot. Uh, so do you think he gets drafted before or after Jahan Dotson at 15? That's my big question I have for you. <laughs> that's the golden question. Um, I think as a prospect, he is better than Jahan Dotson. I don't think he goes any later than 15th. So by that logic, I have to say that he gets drafted earlier than Jahan. Okay. So I think, I think the most likely landing spot for me is 15. I I see him there in all the mock drafts, but if I had to pick, I think I would say after. Okay. So that'll be uh, one area where we disagree a, a little bit. Hey, that's all right. Uh, so cool. You have your, your number one guy, best guy from Penn state right now. So with the second pick, I'm going to take safety Jair Brown. Um, you know, this was Mr. Do it all for Penn state's defense. Um, guy who led the team in interceptions, just had an absolute nose for the ball was all over the field defensively for Penn state. Um, it's really hard to find an impact defensive play for Penn state this past season. Um, that didn't have Jair Brown included in it. Um, Personally, I see him as a uh, as a third round guy in this upcoming draft. Um, I I think that uh, teams are probably going to be looking to move him to being a nickel corner, kind of like an Avante Maddox for the Eagles. You know, especially you know with his ball skills, I think that he would be a really good fit there um, with his speed as well. Outside of being on my fantasy uh, Penn State. Um, NFL football team here. Uh, some teams that I thought um, might make sense for him to end up with were the Atlanta Falcons, uh, the Vegas Raiders, and also um, our Eagles, actually. You know, I think that uh, the Eagles could use a little bit more, um, use a bit more safety depth and maybe a guy like Jair who's had, you know, some experience at different uh, defensive back positions might fit the Eagles uh, pretty well. So uh, what do you think, Vince? Uh, do you think I'm spot on with my um, team selections or do you think that Mr. Brown goes somewhere else? Um, I think you're really spot on. And I actually had Jair Brown as, as my number two mm-hmm. uh, behind Joey Porter Jr. So I, I thought that, you know, that might be an area where we disagree a little, a little bit, but we are actually kind of in the same uh, train of thought. Uh, I would like the Eagles in the the second round, potentially granted that they don't draft like Brian branch in the first round. I think it would really be great if they got one of the Brown quarterback or uh, safety. So either Sidney Brown or Jair Brown. Uh, so Sidney Brown had a really good season at Illinois and, you know, Jair did great for us. So I want to see one of those two uh, in midnight green next year. But you think that he goes in the second? I think there's potential for late second. Um, okay. In my, in my mock draft app that I've been doing, he's been kind of moving up right now. He's in the the eighties. So I do think that the third round is the most likely for him. And Sidney Brown's been in like the low seventies. So, you know, I think third round is most likely, but you know, all, all you need is one team to like you. So that's um, true. definitely, I think third round, if I, you know, if I had a bet on it, I think that's where he does land, but um, you know, time will tell. We only have a couple of days to wait. That's right. Yeah. It's uh, quickly approaching. So, all right. We both now have our, our number one guys. Who are you taking with the third overall pick? With the third overall pick, I will select, 
I feel like I have to do this with how much I've uh, talked him up, but I'll take Parker right. Washington. <laughs> yep, there it is. I had yep. him made a prediction he would get drafted yeah. higher than John Dotson, and uh, here I am. Uh, I think he probably would have been number two for me, potentially, had he not had the injuries. I think the injuries are really going to set him back, and you might see him in the, the fourth round, even that late. So, uh, again, all it takes is one team to like you, but I, I do think just because of the the risk with his injuries, I think that could send him back in the draft. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I'm sure that that definitely, you know, didn't do him any favors as far as momentum going into the postseason. Because, I mean, in the middle of last season, he was awesome. Like, he was on fire. Um, he was just racking up 100-yard receiving games left and right. So, you know, there was definitely a lot of excitement from us as Penn State fans. But, yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, Parker is an interesting pick for any NFL team because I think that he could potentially be a steal in this draft, you know, just with his, um, with his receipt, with his receiving skills and with his route running and stuff like that. I think that he almost, um, fits the perfect mold as like a slot receiver for a lot of different NFL teams. And, you know, when I was thinking about, uh, teams that it might make sense for Parker to be on, um, one thought came to my mind and I'm like, man, he would tear it up with the Buffalo bills and Stefan Diggs and, uh, and Josh Allen, like, you know, yeah, Stefan Diggs going deep, just getting all those deep balls from, from Allen. But then you have Parker Washington underneath to kind of catch it and then get, get all that yak. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't like, do you think that makes sense? Yeah, I think it does. But actually the, the team I think would make perfect sense is actually the Eagles. Now I don't okay. think they, they don't have a draft draft pick from after the third round all the way down to the seventh. Now, a lot of that could, could change how he loves to trade and he loves to go up and down. And that's true. Um, you know, he's one of the general managers that does make the most trades. So we could get in that range. Uh, however, I do think the probability is low, but I think he would really thrive in, in the role of a number three re- receiver on the Eagles because you got AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard. And I just think that would, kind of take the pressure off of him, which is you know really tough for any rookie. But the fact that you have guys like that taking the pressure off and then he can just kind of play a little free, more free and do his thing, I, I think that could benefit him as a player. So I think that'd be a really great situation for him to go into. Yeah, and uh, right now I would take him over Quez Watkins in a heartbeat. <laughs> yes, Parker Washington does have better hands than Quez Watkins. Uh, yeah. Right, so you got your two guys. Um, with the fourth overall pick, I'm going to go in the direction of tight end and take Brenton Strange. I think that he is just a do-everything kind of tight end. Um, really just kind of looked like an NFL tight end out there for Penn State during most of the season, doing everything that you'd want your tight end to do, whether it be run blocking or just being a super reliable uh, target, especially in the red zone. I mean, we saw him just catch absolute fire in the beginning of the season, even showed uh, some elite athleticism at times. Um you know, I think we're going to be talking about his monster play at the end of the first half in the Purdue game for a very long time. Uh, so I think that was just, you know, a small sample of just what kind of physicality that Brenton can bring to an NFL team. Um, and, you know, I think that he's uh, looking at being drafted probably in the third round. I think that uh, Pat Fryermuth was drafted in the second, I believe. But I, fi- I felt like uh, Brenton kind of fit a similar 
mold to Friermuth and just kind of the way that they played. So, you know, some teams that I thought it might make sense for him to go to, uh, like I mentioned, the Eagles, but some other ones that I thought of were the Bengals uh, kind of matching up with all those receiving threats in Joe Burrow with the Lions uh, now that they're kind of retooling, but they've got, you know, some good momentum going on. And I've also seen some people mention the 49ers, which I thought was kind of interesting, um, you know, seeing how he might kind of fit the backup role to George Kittle and um, that offense that they have rolling, I think that Brenton actually would fit that like that scheme pretty well for them offensively. Uh, but what are your thoughts, Vince? Uh, I think those are a lot of great teams. Another one I think would be a good fit is uh, my roommates, New York Jets. Uh, I think they could y- use a tight end and that, that would help out their team, uh, especially with Aaron Rodgers, give him a new toy. Uh, it's kind of funny because when the rumors were going out that Rodgers was going to the Jets, he was probably unhealthfully checking his phone to see for the, the trade happening. And it just yeah. never seemed to happen. And right. You know, I saw, I read, I kind of saw the news when it broke on my phone and I was like, Oh gosh. And then he was like, you know, shouting down from upstairs. He's like, what's going on? Like, cause he, he heard a noise. I was like, Zach Rogers got traded to the jets. And he's like, Oh, uh, that's why I've heard my phone going off in the other room. And he got 38 text messages. <laughs> right. The biggest so thing that, that happened the, to the jets, uh, since the butt fumble. He had the bot fumble. Oh man. I can't believe we're still talking about that uh decades <laughs> later. <laughs> That's right. Uh the Sanchise. But anyway, yeah, Brenton Strange, uh, he's kind of uh, surprised me in the mock drafts that I've been doing, but he's oftentimes available in the seventh round. So That's I've definitely been using me. Yeah, I just think he's such a good prospect. Like I could see him going ahead of Parker Washington, and that wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh yeah. even you know, Jair Brown wouldn't be outside of the realm of possibility, but like I kind of cheat in the, in the draft. Cause I know he's going to be there in the seventh round just because he's almost always there. So I cheat a little bit, but, um, I would be very surprised if he lasts that long just because of yeah, the same, the variety of things he can do. And also like when coach Franklin asked him to be a red zone target and catch touchdowns, he caught touchdowns when he was asked to block, he would block and he really just did whatever Penn state needed him to do. So I think NFL teams will like that a lot and that'll make him a a good player for them to draft. All right. With the fifth pick, I select juice Scruggs. And what do you love about juice is, uh, you know, versatility. He can play the guard, both guard positions center, uh, did a nice job of that this past year for Penn state. Um, and really the, the versatility I think is going to you know, give him an edge because a lot of guards struggle with the center position. And I think he's a guy who can fill in and, you know, especially at a backup position, coaches like guys who have versatility and, you know, can move from place to place, especially since NFL rosters are so small. So I'm going to go juice Scruggs with my fifth pick. Great pick. All right. Good stuff. Who do you have with the sixth pick? So I'm going to uh, go with another pass catcher and I'm going to take uh, Mitchell Tinsley. Um, the reason why I really like Mitchell, another great route runner, but also has just magnet hands. You know, the guy just like rarely drops a pass. Um, just thinking about, uh, you know, even more Eagles comparisons. When I was thinking about like who I'd compare him to, I just kept coming back to like Jason Avant, just a guy who um, was always super reliable and just never dropped a ball. Um, and that's really what I, th- I felt uh, Mitchell brought to the table for Penn State last season. Um, even though the 
production wasn't like super explosive because there were just like so many different pass catchers for Penn State. I felt like when Mitchell had his number called, like he was there to answer it. And so I think that uh, he's another guy who could be a really great steal um, in this draft, could come in and be um, a pretty reliable number three receiver um, almost right away. So I'm predicting that he's going to go in the sixth round in this upcoming draft, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in the fifth too. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Uh, when I've been doing my mocks and I see he's there in the seventh round, that makes me very happy. And I, I snagged the Eagles a good number, you know, three wide receivers. So, uh, yeah, I think he has a spot on, on an NFL team. And, you know, you know, with blue white happening, uh, you know, I saw Amari Evans wearing that number five. And I was like, he kind of reminds me of Mitchell Tinsley right now. He's, like, I remember last year seeing the burst and just how he looked like a track guy compared to, you know, guys who didn't do track out there in the blue white game. And, you know, I think, I think he, you know, he can do something, uh, kind of reminds me of John Hightower a little bit on who the Eagles drafted in the fifth round a couple of years ago. So, you know, I, I think he can compete and, uh, really try to go for a roster. So I think that is a very good pick with uh, number six overall. Nice. Yeah. I would, I think Hightower is a pretty good comparison too. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how things shake out, but I think that, Tinsley has like the skills and the work ethic to uh, really push for a spot on a roster. But uh, so who's your next guy, Vince? For the uh, seventh pick, I'm going to take uh, PJ Mustafer. And the reason why I'm taking him is I think we sometimes uh, forget how good he was. Uh, you know, that Iowa game when everything was going right in the first half and then, you know, PJ gets hurt and Sean got hurt and, you know, things kind of spiraled out of control. You know, he was the leader of that defense. And I think he might've took a step back this year, you know, just because of uh, rehabbing from the injury. And oftentimes they say, sometimes it takes really two years to get back to your normal self. And I think he had a, a torn Achilles. I think it was, was the injury. So you know, that's a really tough, uh, you know, injury, especially for a defensive lineman, uh, you know, who's very large and putting a lot of force into that, uh, you know, Achilles tendon. So I think, you know, he's a guy who could, you know, have a nice career, especially with how good he was his junior junior year at Penn State. Yeah, uh, I was going to take him if you if you weren't with this pick, to be completely <laughs> honest with you. Um, I think that he's a guy who, um, when he's at his best, can be an absolute wrecking ball in the interior of the defensive line. Um, it's something that is so coveted in the NFL these days. Um, you know, just, um, having the ability to rush the quarterback, uh, from different spots with how athletic these quarterbacks are nowadays, like that, that type of skill is, uh, is very rare. I think that he will definitely find a nice home in this, um, upcoming draft. Um, he's actually somebody who, like we mentioned earlier, I could see the Eagles finding some value in, um, just with, you know, guys like Fletcher Cox kind of getting up there in age. I, th I could see the Eagles, um, kind of taking the Javon Hargrave. Yeah. Also that, I mean, so there, there's multiple reasons why, um, the Eagles would look to go to defensive tackle, um, which is also, you know, why like they're looking at, uh, like the guy from Georgia, like possibly <laughs> with their, with their 10th pick and stuff like that. But, you know, I could see them, um, kind of dipping back into that. Well, even if they go defensive tackle, um, early on in the draft, I could see them going defensive tackle again. Um, what'd you say? Like we, we have like a gap, uh, between like the third and seventh. So I could see them going back, um, to defensive tackle in the seventh or even in like the sixth, if they, uh, trade their way back there or something like that. All right. So what are we up to? Uh, number eight overall? Yep. 
Yep, you All got right. number eight. Cool. Uh, with the eighth pick, I'm taking Sean Clifford, our quarterback, our fearless leader, our Rose Bowl offensive MVP, uh, Mr. Sean Clifford himself. So, you know, this is like, uh, this is the guy who everyone's kind of been like, well, he might or he might not be drafted. Uh, personally speaking, I think he will be drafted. I think he's he's probably looking at around at like the seventh round. But, um, you know, like when you when I think about like late stage quarterbacks and like where they're taken and stuff like that and what kind of makes these guys or what um, gives these guys a chance to be drafted. And it's uh, when they're um, like a proven leader, they have experience and they're smart decision makers. And I would argue that, you know, for for most of his career, Sean Clifford has been a smart decision maker. Um, So that's one thing. And another thing that I wanted to just kind of look up is when I think of Sean Clifford, there's one guy who's currently in the NFL that kind of came to mind as far as like a like a physical uh, profile, kind of, you know, similar um, like passing numbers and stuff like that. And that is Brock Purdy, um, the rookie sensation who led the 49ers to the NFC championship game. Um, and when I was looking at, you know, how they kind of stacked up, um, here's just a little bit like here's a couple tidbits from their final seasons in college. So Purdy had a slight edge in completion percentage. He uh, completed around 70 to 71% of his passes, whereas uh, Clifford completed 65%. But Sean had him beat an overall QB rating and also threw four more touchdowns. So, you know, when I think about like both those guys, I just think I'm not going to sit here and say that like Sean Clifford come in and be another Brock Purdy. I just think that, you know, Sean can be a seventh round guy who can provide like that number three quarterback uh, value for a lot of different teams. So I think that's why it made sense um, for him to visit some of the teams that he did, especially like the Packers. Now that the Aaron Rodgers trade has been finalized, I think that they're going to be looking for um, some QB depth behind supposed QB starter Jordan Love and some other teams out there. Um, I could see the Buccaneers um, having some interest in him now that Tom Brady is finally, quote unquote, retired, Uh, but also some teams like the Commanders that are kind of in uh, quarterback flux and are going to be looking for um, like hope anywhere that they can find it at the position. But, you know, I think for a lot of reasons, it's likely that Sean Clifford is going to get drafted. Um, I think it's going to be late, but I think there are some teams that kind of make sense for him. So what do you think? Yeah, I think a, a really good situation for him. Uh, you know, he's the perfect candidate to be a, a third string quarterback because if you are at that point in, in your roster, you're pretty much looking at the guy and being like, okay, don't F it up. Uh, and, you know, Sean's experience being like almost 30 years old, just, just kidding, he's 24, but it feels like he's right. 30 sometimes. Yeah. Uh, with how long we've seen him. But uh, yeah, he's just, you know, really mature, great leader. Um, you know, I think the guys in the, the locker room will resonate to that and, you know, they'll play hard for him and they'll trust him. And, you know, I think, uh, he'll, he'll put in the work ethic, you know, he has always had a great attitude and, you know, I think he'll just manage his game and do what he needs to do to try to help the team. And, uh, kind of like trace did on, on the Cardinals. He had that one game where he, he had to start and I thought he did, did an all right job and, you know, the, the talent around him wasn't great, but I feel like he did, you know, pretty good with what he had. So I, I think Sean Clifford can, has the potential to do that too. Vince, who are you taking with the ninth pick? With the ninth, ninth pick, uh, give me 
Jonathan Sutherland. And the reason I say Jonathan Sutherland is I think he can make an impact on special teams. And a lot of the times getting that, you know, 51st, 52nd, 53rd spot on the NFL roster, uh, coaches are looking for guys that can do things on special teams. So that's why I'm going to take, uh, you know, Jonathan with the uh, ninth pick and, uh, you know, making that transition from safety to linebacker. Uh, linebacker in the NFL, they really expect you to cover and having that safety background, I think will translate well. Yeah, I think that his versatility serves him well. Um, I think that on an NFL roster right now, he would make the most sense as a special teams uh, specialist Um, just because, you know, he is very experienced at it, but he's also very good at it too. Um, You know, he was very smart with his, uh, with his coverage. Um, Very rarely saw him out of position on special teams. So I could see him making a nice home um, with pretty much any NFL team. I don't personally think that we're going to see him get drafted but I think that he'll find an NFL home uh, pretty quickly afterwards with a with a free agent deal. Uh, so we're up to pick number 10. Uh, do you want to cap it at 10 so we have like five each? And we'll talk uh, about like other guys who are potentially draftable after our 10. Yeah, I think we can do 12. We'll probably be done after 12. Okay, no problem. Uh, so with, uh, with pick number 10, I am taking edge rusher Nick Tarburton. I think that he's just, you know, he's another guy who's had a little bit of uh, injury troubles, finally strung together a season where he didn't get an injury. Um, So I thought it made a ton of sense for him to come out to the draft uh, this upcoming year, especially with some of the upcoming edge talent that uh, Penn State has right now. I mean, we've been singing deny Dennis Sutton's praises um, all offseason long so far. But, uh, you know, I think that... uh, when I think about this guy, he's a really smart player, uh, very technically sound and has a nose for the football, um, was involved in a lot of QB hurries and a lot of uh, QB hits, um, even a lot of turnovers. So, And I think that uh, where he brings a lot of value for teams is that they really can't have too much depth at the defensive end position. Uh, some teams that might make sense uh, included the Broncos, the Texans, the Chiefs, and the Patriots. Um, but, you know, Vince, what do you think of my 10th overall pick? Yeah, I, I think that's a good selection and uh, really good good player, and it'll, it'll be fun to see if he can uh, you know continue his his success at the next level. Yep, good stuff. So, who do you want at eleven? At eleven, uh, you know, they say it's one of those things that we think it's really easy, but people in the NFL always say how hard it is. Uh, give me long snapper Chris Stahl. Uh, You know, you never really saw his name called at Penn State, and that's because he did a good job. Uh, You know, maybe outside of the Rose Bowl when he, you know, downed the football at the one-yard line uh, on his last uh, long snap. So, you know, really good player. And uh, if you're the best long snapper, uh, you know, you can find an NFL roster spot and make some pretty good money. So, uh, you know, I think Chris Dahl has a good chance to do that. So give me Chris Dahl at 11. Yep. Good pick. I think that he, he would make sense for just about any team that needs somebody at that position. I think that, you know, if, if they need a guy to do that, Crystal is just about the best person to do it. Yeah. I think we're pretty fortunate as Eagles fans, uh, Rick Lovato and having John Dorenboss before that. So, um, we've been pretty fortunate, uh, you know, that we're set, but, uh, a lot of teams could, you know, always use a good long snapper. That's right. Uh, all right. So capping things off at, Pick number 12, I'm going to take Barney Amore. Um, I think that good specialists make a huge difference in the college game, but also especially in the NFL game as well. 
you know, we've seen games really get decided by good punting and also by bad punting. And uh, Barney Amore is a really, really good punter. Um, so I think that uh, you know, I think the chances of him getting drafted are pretty low. But I think that he'll find himself on an NFL team pretty quickly um, competing for that punting spot. What do you think of my 12th pick? I think it's a great pick. I think he'd make a really good fit on the Eagles. City brotherly love, a more perfect fit. Uh, let's make it happen, Howie. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right, so we both have our six guys. Um, personally, I think that uh, you win our draft just because you have the far and away best pick in Joey Porter Jr. But uh, um, so list off all your guys. So you have Porter and then uh, Washington and who else? So I had uh, Joey Porter Jr., Parker Washington, Juice Scruggs, PJ Mustafar, Chris Stahl, and Jonathan Sutherland. Nice. So you have you have a lot of coverage at uh, at different points on the field, both offensively and defensively. Yeah, lots of coverage. I uh, love to give uh you know give the offense some issues. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I had Jair Brown, Brenton Strange, Mitchell Tinsley, Sean Clifford, Nick Tarburton, and Barney Amore. So I went pretty heavy with the with the offense with uh, the quarterback and and two pass catchers, but uh, I'm really I'm really happy with uh, with the Jair Brown pick just because of that versatility at defensive back. But uh, yeah, so if we had to put like so if we had to put like a, a seven on seven game, um, but with six players between our two teams, who do you think wins? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, let's see. I feel like in that type of situation, I have a lot of like the bigger guys who so would be a little slower. But, you know, I think I think uh, I have some speed on the outside. Joey Porter, I could put it wide receiver, too. And, you know, Parker Washington, I just quarterback position makes the difference. I, I don't have a quarterback. Yeah. So, right. Unless, uh, you know, you know, Juice Scruggs can, you know, just whip it uh, 60 yards. I, I think I'm out of luck there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, l- let me put it this way. I think that I win the seven on seven, but if we needed like a rugby scrum, I think I'm toast. <laughs> oh yeah. PJ, give me PJ all day, man. Yeah, exactly. And juice. Like, are you kidding me? I would, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but good stuff. So um, obviously we wish the best for all those guys. I think that uh, plenty of Nittany Lions are going to find, um, a home in the NFL very shortly. Um, one guy that we didn't mention here is uh, Jake Pinnegar, who's also um, up for the draft. I think that he's going to be um, competing at some different training camps and stuff like that. So we'll see uh, where he ends up. Um, I mean, personally, I'm most interested to see if and where Sean Clifford ends up, um, just because I think that that's like the most interesting thing, kind of like a little bit of like Trace McSorley back in uh back in 2018 kind of like will he or won't he sort of thing so um are there any like storylines that you're excited to see either you know with penn state players or outside of penn state that you're uh looking forward to seeing how they play out one i am looking forward to see outside of penn state and i guess you can say this is a former penn state player well uh, yeah so i know you're a big reddit <laughs> guy so i'm sure you heard this uh you know this news uh yeah, so rumor Reddit a Reddit rumor actually changed the sports book uh, bets for him being drafted number one overall. What Crazy. are your thoughts on that situation? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm like I'm flabbergasted. Like, I'm, 
I mean, it's it's kind of crazy just how powerful a narrative can be in the offseason and especially around NFL draft time, because like um, one thing I saw, it, it was like if you want like a guy who's like a physical freak, but like untested and stuff like that, like go ahead and take Anthony Richardson because measurables wise, you know, he's like just as athletic, like bigger, as strong, whatever, as will. Like, but he, he throws like a better football basically. And so, but then you have like guys like Peyton Manning out here who say things like, uh, oh, he looks like he was, you know, genetically created to play the NFL, uh, position in the NFL. So, I mean, I think it's just wild that, uh, you know, there's even a slight possibility that Will Levis is going to be taken number one overall in this upcoming draft. And I will be like, my jaw will hit the floor if this, if this actually happens. If if Will Levis uh, gets drafted number one overall, I'll eat an entire jar of, or no, I'll put an entire jar of mayonnaise in my coffee. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> yeah, I think, I'll, I think do the, I'll do the mayonnaise coffee thing for it for a day. Oh if man, he gets drafted yeah. number one overall. No way that but happens. What if, <laughs> what if like you? What if you end up liking it, and then you'll just be you'll be the mayonnaise and the coffee guy, dude? I'd be that guy. Um, <laughs> I feel like I just couldn't do it. It's so outside of the, the social norms. And I know I don't really eat, eat mayo. I, I, I buy the Chipotle mayo just cause like regular mayo is too bland. So like, I like that. So I feel like that'd be a te- like the worst mix with coffee. And, but you know, uh, anyway, uh, so we talked about, you know, draft and stuff. Uh, recruitment is uh very similar. Andrew, do you want to talk about some of the, the big name recruits that Penn state has, kind of garnered over the the past week. Absolutely. Yeah, so Penn State is uh, continuing to invest in the offensive line, bringing in two tackle recruits, Garrett Sexton and Egan Boyer, both of the 2024 class. Uh, Both of these guys are um, considered four-star athletes out of high school. Um, What's really kind of interesting um, about Egan specifically is, one, he is from Wisconsin, uh, so very similar to um, Donovan Harbor, who we talked about during our last podcast. Uh, So very interesting that we are continuing to pluck offensive linemen out of Wisconsin when usually the University of Wisconsin is generally a lock for guys like this. So um, very good for Penn State to continue to uh, get these guys. But also the fact that this kid is, I, I don't know if he's, you know, 17 at this point. The kid is six foot eight, Vince. So when you put him in a college like strength and conditioning program, this guy is going to look like Jordan Mailata in a couple of years. That's exactly what I thought about when he said six, eight, I was like, Jordan yeah. Mailata, <laughs> just like a, just a tree. <laughs> I mean, it's just wild. Like how, how big these kids get nowadays, but yeah. So two offensive tackle recruits. Um, I personally love the fact that Penn state's just continuing to build the offensive line, like build on success. You know, that's uh, um, that was a strength in, um, in the, uh, 2022 season. So just build upon it. You know, it's really good to see coach Franklin taking uh, a page out of Howie Roseman's book and, you know, building through the lines and, you know, that's what you got to do it. Uh, outside of the quarterback position, probably the the most important position group in, in all of football. So, uh, you know, if you have a good offensive line that makes your, your life so much easier uh, as an offense and, you know, keeps the defense on the field, wears them out, keeps your defense fresh. So, you know, definitely one of the most important uh, draft groups, in my opinion. Another one, uh, you know, we also do have to replace some linemen because uh, Penn State offensive lineman Jimmy Christ uh, or Christ 
uh, transferred to Virginia. So he'll be uh, joining you know, Brent Prize at Virginia Tech. So he'll be going to uh, Virginia uh, to continue his football career. Another guy in the portal is uh, Devin Ford, uh, which I thought was interesting because you know last year he just kind of stepped away from football. So, you know, really good to see that, you know, he's looking to come back and, and play football. So, you know, hopefully that break did him well and, you know, got him, you know, mentally fresh and, you know, ready to play the game. So I think that was kind of the main, you know, players in the portal and in recruiting. Um, I have another story related to uh, the draft, actually, that um, I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on. So I read that Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa, defensive end, I think he's one of the best players in the draft, and I would love to see the Eagles go out and get. Um, allegedly, I guess the Eagles put like a $100 bill at, like at the back of a like playbook on like the last page or something to see if like people would take it as like a, a character test. And I guess he took like the hundred dollar bill and like kind of lied about it. So I guess like Nick Sirianni just like took him off the board or, or whatever. Uh, what are your thoughts on that rumor? And what would you do in, in that situation? If you're in a job interview and just saw a hundred dollar bill. Uh, so my first thought is um, I, I think that there's a line with like gimmicky um, NFL prospect testing sorts of things, um, you know, things like uh, doing like rock, paper, scissors or a free throw shooting contest or stuff like that. I think that kind of stuff is quirky and fun. But if your whole um, outlook on a player is, you know, he took this hundred dollar bill that was in the playbook and stuff like that. And he, that's like the sole reason why you take him off the draft board. I don't exactly vibe with that because I mean, there are like, we could talk all day about potential character issues of certain prospects and stuff like that. So I think that, um, you know, a hundred dollar bill is, uh, is a bit tame in comparison. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, I, who knows like how much validity there is to that. I did also see that story. I mean, it is kind of funny um, just that uh, the story came out and that we're talking about it. What I would do in that situation though, I would absolutely not touch that hundred dollar bill. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like I'm not giving any team any reason to um, like say anything or think anything or whatever. I mean, I get it. It's like, whatever. It's a, it's a Benjamin right in front of you. But uh, personally, I, like I would be overthinking everything. I would be like, Oh my God, like, is this a test? Like, is this like a, like a part of it? Like, you know, and stuff like that. Like, so I would just be treading on eggshells all over the place. Yeah. Um, if I, if I saw that and it was like a big, you know, big, big time job where I can make a lot of money, like I would probably be like, um, did you mean to put this here? Um, yeah. like, are you trying to give this to me or like, see if I'll take it or something? And, uh, yeah. So I'd probably ask why it's there. Uh, if, you know, just, you know, to be smart and ask the questions and that way you, you can't get in trouble. So, and they're like, oh yeah, we're just kind of giving it to everybody. So, uh, who knows, but, um, yeah, kind of a weird story and, you know, definitely you've seen, you know, NFL prospects do like a lot worse and, but you know, nonetheless, uh, interesting, uh, story. So absolutely. Um, did you see the news about Shaka Tony? Oh, yes. Oh, we have to talk about that. So Shock yeah. Tony, along with some other players, got caught for gambling. And when I see that, I just got to think. Like, dude, what's going on in your brain? Like you have like the best job in the world. You get to play, get paid like hundreds of thousands of dollars 
to play a game. If you're smart and you save and invest that money, that money can and live, live frugally. You, that money can last you the rest of your life for like a couple years of hard work. Like that just kind of blows my mind. And you can bet on any other sport. Like they can bet on basketball, baseball, whatever, horse racing. But that's just like the one rule. Even college football, they can bet on. They just can't bet on the NFL uh, teams. So it just kind of blows my mind uh, <clears throat> that there's just kind of this level of, you know, I don't know if you want to call it arrogance or stupidity, but why would you even you know go near that when you have the best job in the world? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's uh, it's a shame to see your guys making poor decisions like this. I mean, um, it's it, you would think that these players would make better decisions about this sort of thing after what happened with Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Um, Shaka Tony was a seventh round draft pick for the commanders. Um, Calvin Ridley was a first round draft pick. I'm pretty sure. And Jamison Williams, who didn't bet on the NFL, but because of where he placed his bet on, I think it was like March madness or something. He got his suspension. Like they're both first round wide receiver draft picks. Like teams are going to be willing to kind of eat that sort of thing and still give them a spot on their team because of just how good they are. You know, when I so when I think about Shaka's position, he was already kind of like a fringe guy just in terms of his like his size and stuff like that as um as a defensive end for the commanders. And I'm like, like, why would you put yourself even more at risk of like being released by doing something like this? So, you know, it's just a very odd thing. And like, I, I agree with you. It's just, you know it's just lack of thinking in my opinion. Um, cause you can do so many other things as far as gambling is concerned. You just can't bet on the sport that you play. So what was, uh, what was your football thing? Yeah. So, uh, news came out that Dean DeVore, the longtime voice of Beaver stadium is no longer with Penn state athletics. So, uh, Penn state games are going to uh, sound different this fall. Uh, what are your thoughts on this news? Uh, the Penn State University kind of had no comment and said it was a personal matter. Um, so what are your thoughts on this? Like how weird is Beaver Stadium going to sound? Uh, it's going to sound very different. I mean, Dean's been the voice of Penn State football for pretty much as long as we've been going to games. And so, you know, I think that uh, the game day experience is going to be different. I mean, fans are just so accustomed to hearing his just calming twang and pace of his voice and his announcing and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, it's uh, it's sad because he's just such a staple at Penn State. I mean, he also did um, he also did women's volleyball. Uh, so he was really all over the athletic department. Um, so. You know, um, there was, you know, kind of uh, a, an anecdote in there that said that, you know, it's not clear whether or not this is going to be like a permanent change or, you know, what the case may be. So maybe maybe he'll be taking the season off and coming back. So who knows uh, what that's going to look like um, when I when I did see this news break, uh, I was just trying to think of like who else um, could potentially take a spot that's already at Penn State. And if I had to get, like if I had my pick of anybody who's on campus right now. I would give the job to Jeff Brown, who is involved with the College of Communications. Um, he's the general manager of Com Radio, which is an organization that I was a part of back in my time at Penn State. Um, and he's also the PA announcer for 
the women's basketball team, I believe. Um, or he might, he might not be anymore, but he was, uh, back when, uh, back when I was there. So I could see him being a really great fit. Um, he has an awesome voice. Um, he's a guy who's been like a sports broadcaster, um, his entire career. He has that background and stuff like that. So I think he'd be a natural fit. So I just had to throw that in there for, uh, for my guy, Jeff. Um, I love him. He's, he's a really great guy. So, um, hope that Penn state will at least, uh, give him a shot, but overall crazy news. Um, certainly out of the blue, uh, especially after we just heard his voice at the blue white. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not saying I should be the next voice of Penn State football. I got tons of podcast <laughs> experience and know, know a lot of the players on the roster. So, <laughs> well, you know what? I I don't think it'd hurt just to you know send them send them your resume, Vince. Like just put put a bunch of like sound clips of of us talking, like into into an email and send it to Pat Craft and just see where see where it goes. Yeah, uh, that'd be great if they had like open tryouts and you just spoke into the <laughs> microphone at Beaver Stadium and yeah, that'd be that'd be a lot of fun. And but anyway, one of those things that's uh, kind of like a dream job. Nick Singleton, the ball carrier. Yeah, <laughs> for seven yards. <laughs> Probably more like 70. <laughs> let's be honest. Penn State. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, you need to have that level of inflection. That, that yeah. was perfect right there. You could do it, too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so maybe. Yeah. We'll, we'll both, if they, if they have open tryouts for this, maybe as just like a, like a fun little challenge, like we'll both apply. <laughs> we'll both apply and we'll see who does better. My, my money's on you being in the, the college of communications, but uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens on game day. If they, uh, if they have the, uh, you know, the opponents. So yeah. uh, we had uh, Penn state football getting a lot of recruits. Andrew, I want you to take the lead on some of the big transfer uh, portal targets that Penn State wrestling has accumulated over the, the past couple of days. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Penn State um, metaphorically flexing its muscles uh, with grabbing some transfer portal guys here. Um, when I was thinking about this, I'm like, man, this must be what uh, Alabama and Georgia feel like with football, just being able to get guys, uh, no matter get whoever who you they want. are. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, so we had a couple of guys, two guys out of California, including Bernie Truax, the fourth an all American from Cal Poly. Um, he most recently wrestled at the 197 weight class, which is uh, which was formerly the class ran by Max Dean, uh, the all American from Penn State, who also won a national championship with the Nittany Lions. So 197 was definitely going to be a weight class that Penn State needed to fill this upcoming season with Dean's departure. Uh, what's kind of interesting about him, though, right now is that he's listed at 190. Um, so he could potentially slim down a little bit and wrestle at the 184 class, but that also uh, currently has Aaron Brooks. So Brooks could potentially um, move up a weight class to 197. So you know, they'll try to like figure out like exactly where the right pieces fit there. Um, obviously, um, Kale's the right guy to figure that kind of stuff out. Um, personally, I think that Aaron Brooks probably stays at 184, just given how dominant he's already been at that weight class, but we'll see how that shakes out. Another guy from California, Mitchell Mesenbrink from Cal Baptist. Um, this one's kind of interesting because uh, he's, you know, He's currently at around that 157 to 165 weight class range at the moment. Um, but both of those classes are pretty well situated right now. We have the All-American freshman Levi Haynes at 157 and uh, 
uh, second year guy, Alex Facundo, who was just outside of all American status uh, this past season at 165. Both of those are young guys, um, probably going to see a lot of growth and uh, development over this uh, off season going in next season. So um, not really sure exactly where Mitchell's going to fit currently, but um, he was a guy who is highly, um, highly recruited out of the transfer portal. So nothing but good things for Penn state to get him out of there. But the biggest news out of the transfer portal so far actually came today as Penn state got the transfer commitment from Aaron Nagao, the 133 pound all-American wrestler from Minnesota. And this was huge for a number of different reasons. Like obviously having a guy coming in as an all-American is good no matter what. Um, but where this is really significant is that he's at the 133 weight class, which was ran by Roman Bravo young for a handful of years at Penn state, multi-time national championship winner and all-American for Penn state. So Penn state was going to need to fill that spot desperately. And the fact that they have a guy just coming in ready to contribute right away in that spot and compete at the highest level, it's just um, the rich getting richer, basically. So Penn State is uh, more than primed to make another national championship run uh, with the guys that they already had on their squad, plus this uh, trio of incoming uh, transfer commitments. So, you know, it's just Penn State wrestling doing Penn State wrestling things. Yeah, and another benefit is you steal a great wrestler away from Minnesota, which is a Big Ten uh, rival. So yes, another uh, you know positive spin off uh, there. Uh, we also had some other Big Ten news and uh, Big Ten basketball. Penn they released the uh, Big Ten schedule, and Penn State thankfully is getting a little bit of an easier schedule than they had this past year. So this year we had to kind of deal with Purdue uh, twice, and you know even a third time entering the. Uh, the big 10 tournament, but they did release that Penn state, uh, their single and uh, double opponents. So, uh, good news. So the teams that they are playing two times next year, they had a seven and two record against those teams will be, uh, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan state, who they lost to Maryland, who they split the series with Minnesota, Northwestern and Ohio state. So, uh, you know, Indiana and Iowa, good teams, uh, Ohio state, I think will get better. They, they were a really good team, but Penn state had a pretty good record, uh, against those opponents. And then their home only opponents will be Illinois. Um, we did beat them three times, but so you'd like to see them twice, but fortunately that didn't happen. We'll also get Michigan and then Wisconsin at home. Uh, we never seem to win at the Chrysler or the Cole Center. So glad we don't have to go to those road environments. And then lastly, Penn State will be on the road uh, at Nebraska, Rutgers, and Purdue, which, uh, you know, if Purdue is anything like they were this past year, going to be really tough to beat. So, you know, kind of good to have that one on the road. What, what are your thoughts on the, the Penn State basketball schedule? I love it. You know, I think that with Penn State basketball retooling the way that it is uh, with Mike Rhodes coming in, um, this was the kind of break that they needed basically, you know, just to, um, kind of ease the burden a little bit, um, give them, uh, more of a chance to be fighting for postseason play and stuff like that. Um, just having to play Purdue once, I think is the biggest thing because, uh, there's, um, some buzz around Zach Eadie coming back to Purdue. So, you know, having to only play that guy once in the regular season, um, is never a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, it it is still crazy to me that they lost to a 16 seed. Uh that that does uh, blow my mind quite a bit, but uh 
But anyway, moving on to uh, more Penn State basketball targets. Uh, Kudis Wahab, who did spend a, a year at Maryland, uh, he's currently um, looking at schools. Uh, he, he graduated from Georgetown, uh, so he's a 6'11 center. He averaged uh, 8.7 points and 6.2 rebounds, so a potential guy to replace Kebajai should he leave to a school like Notre Dame, uh, where he has visited Micah Shrewsbury. So uh, you got to think we're most likely going to lose him. Another guy that they are targeting in the portal is Puff Johnson out of North Carolina. And I never thought I would see a Tar Heel uh, looking into Penn State basketball if you were to tell me that 10 years ago. So, uh, you know, asking my, uh, you know, my mom and my brother who are big UNC fans, they said they would be very happy to see him land at Penn State. And uh, my brother said he's just one of those guys who uh, really does all the things that don't show up uh, on the, the stat sheet. He's got a fun name, Puff. Uh, so <laughs> you know, his brother is actually uh, in the NBA, and I actually just watched him play on the Nets, uh, Cam Johnson, and he really lit up the Sixers. He was the one guy who you're like, oh, my God, he's making every shot. So, um, you know, some gl- good bloodlines there. Uh, averaged uh, three points and two rebounds per game. Did deal with some injuries. So, um, you know, that's something to be aware of. He's also 6'8". So, you know, kind of a, you know, good defensive guy in the uh, Mike Rhodes scheme. Also, Noah Thomason out of Niagara. Uh, he's a 6'3 guard, averaged 12.1 points over his career. But this last season, averaged 19 and a half points per game and shot 48% of the field. So, yeah, that, those are some good numbers. Now, lower level of competition, but hey, that's still Division One basketball. Uh, so he has uh, scheduled a visit, I believe, uh, it's this, this weekend, up, right? It's this week, this upcoming weekend, the uh, 28th to 29th. So you'll see him. And then another, another guy they're targeting who uh, is probably less likely is Zarek Onyema out of UTEP. Uh, they kind of compare him to uh, Puff Johnson. So kind of tall, lanky guards. And uh, he averaged seven points per game last year and had 31 starts. So uh, you know, Penn state views that as an asset. However, most of the schools he is looking at are around the, the Southwest. You got, you know, Texas tech, Texas, um, Ole Miss is looking at him, Vanderbilt. So, um, geographically not in the, you know, the best spot for Penn state. And then another, uh, big man that Penn state is, is looking at is his name is great. So hopefully he's great on the basketball court. Uh, great Osabor out of Montana state, uh, you know, 6'8", so he's a little bit uh, undersized guy, but has a really gritty playing style and, you know, averaged 10.1 points and 4.6 rebounds per game last season at uh, Mont- Montana State, uh, as well as a high schooler. Maybe we'll get a freshman this year. Um, you know, right now the it's not looking good with uh, all of them entering the, uh, trying to get out of their NIL, or sorry, NLI, National Letter <laughs> yeah. of Intent. Uh, those are things we're going to get mixed up for sure over the next couple of years, but, uh, Brady Dunlap, uh, you know, he's a guy that Mike Rhodes was looking at and, you know, he's a three-star forward and, uh, you know, having an immediate impact on the court. And, uh, he has looked at, uh, you know, UNC Villanova, St. John's as well. So definitely a, a lot of competition. So those are some guys that are, in the transfer portal that Penn state fans should be looking at. And then the other one is obviously one of our uh, favorite guys in state college, Evan Mahaffey. I'd love to see him back in the blue and white, just with his 
great defense rebounding and just crazy athleticism and, you know, scoring ability. So really hope that uh, he ends up staying at Penn state. Good stuff. Well, thanks for uh, staying on top of that. So you got anything else on Penn state basketball? Oh yeah. So did you hear about the, uh, the coach Rhodes selfie? I didn't. So uh, I guess he took a, uh, a selfie around the welcome to Pennsylvania sign when he was entering, uh, you know, coming up for his press conference and everything to be announced as the, the head coach. And there were some pretty fun ones. Uh, you know, there's one at old Maine. There's one of, uh, you know, the, these are obviously cropped, but, uh, one of coach Rhodes at the, uh, one of the octagons, <laughs> the tailgating fields, obviously the Bryce Jordan center, um, the basement or Indigo, if you're one of our Penn state alumni. So one of the club, uh, selfie at the frat day long, uh, and then at onward state where, where I found the article. So where, what do you think would be a good, Oh, also, uh, I, I didn't go through the whole article here, but uh, so 119, did you take that class? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> it's like one of those like staple uh, gen, gen eds that I think everyone takes. Yep. And then uh, I think our last ones are the Dunkin' Donuts on College Ave, the Catabus, and the Onward State versus the Daily Collegian Dodgeball game. So those are some fun locations. If you had to create a... Uh, a location for coach Rhodes to get a selfie. Where do you think that is a good place for him to go? Best selfie locations in state college. Canyon pizza at its old location. All right. We got Canyon pizza. I like it. Uh, yeah. Other than that, um, maybe, maybe in front of like the Willard preacher when he was uh, still around doing his thing. I don't know if he's still there, but that would have been a good selfie too. So I think the the best location would be the Nittany Blues tailgate at the tailgate. Okay, block. yeah. <laughs> I think that <laughs> would be cool. uh that would be a good one. So Coach Rhodes coming to the RV lots. Uh we're inviting you to uh you know Fox Hollow Road, the RV lots. You'll see the uh Nittany Blues podcast banner. So if you're ever just walking through and uh meeting Penn State fans, we'd love to join you for a selfie and uh maybe he can make a communion prediction for us. That's right. Yeah. Come come share a beer with us, Mike. We got plenty. Yep. We got, we definitely have enough to share, especially for, uh, our PA guys who want to be in PA. <laughs> That's right, man. Uh, good stuff. Um, got anything else on basketball or do you want to talk about, um, some other sports here real quick before we wrap up? Yeah, I think I, we covered everything for football, wrestling and basketball. I think we can move on to, uh, you know, P Penn state men's lacrosse number five in the country, winning the big 10 championship. They'll enter the, the big 10 tournament. Uh, next week uh, after winning the regular season crown. We also have uh, Penn State men's volleyball uh, ranked number three in the country and they won the EIVA uh, tournament. So Andrew, uh, between those two teams and also uh, women's lacrosse is doing pretty well. They're ranked number 18 in the country. Uh, who do you think is going to make it farthest in their uh, NCAA tournament run? I'll probably take volleyball, but I wouldn't be surprised if either one of these teams uh, make, finds themselves in like in the title game. Yeah. And this is just like almost an embarrassment of riches. I feel like we've gotten the, the big 10 championship and everything, but like football and yeah. basketball, which, right. you know, obviously those ones are like the most popular, but you know, it is cool to see Penn state really just kind of garnering so many of these team sport uh, titles. So uh, 
really fun to watch. I think I'd have to agree with the, the volleyball team has just been on fire all year. So, uh, you know, you definitely be hard pressed to bet against them and, but Hey, it'd be really cool if uh, lacrosse can make a run. No one really expected them to be a, a great team this year. And here they are in the top five and they've showed up all season and, you know, they, they've proved the naysayers wrong. So, uh, you know, definitely final four run. I think that, you know, that's, uh, you know, a potential and, uh, hope to see them do it. Agreed. Uh, so what else you got, man? Uh, I think that's everything I got on, uh, my end going to be, uh, enjoying Philly this weekend. Uh, you know, fellow, uh, co-host Maggie Mahoney is going to be running the broad street run. So I get to see her, uh, running broad street and it'll be rainy. So it'll probably be a, one of those crazy days, but, uh, you know, heading to Philly and, uh, I guess I'll get the, uh, the vibes of, uh, you know, the city of Philadelphia and what they think of Howie Roseman's draft picks. <laughs> Good stuff. Make sure you, uh, yell out a couple go birds for me. Oh, I definitely will. Uh, yeah, I, I would not be myself if I didn't. <laughs> Very good, man. Yeah, I don't have anything else, so I think we can uh, we can call this one a pod and uh, get out of here. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, if you'd like to support the pod, please tell your friends. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you enjoy the show, please leave a five-star review so other Nittany Lion fans like you can find us. Interested in new episodes? You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other streaming platforms to be notified. Thank you for listening, and we want to remind you that we are the Nittany Blues Podcast. See you next time.